Hello and welcome to the Naptown Blues FanCast, a weekly roundup of your Annapolis Blues FC, playing in the Mid-Atlantic Division of the NPSL. I am your host, Sam Houston, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hiram Wainwright. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing all right, Sam. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, man. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Please take a moment to leave a review and share with your footballing friends. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Natown Blues Pod. For tickets, go to AnnapolisBlues.com for more details. Have you ever wondered, what does it take to start a professional franchise? Well, this week we're going to do just that with our special guest, Michael Hitch Hitchcock, the owner and founder of your Annapolis Blues FC. Hitch, how you doing today, sir? I am living the dream and doing it in the Naptown, so it uh, could be worse. <laughs> very good. See, he's already learning. It's Naptown. It's very simple, right? All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the questions here. Um, along with the Blues FC, you own roughly a dozen or so franchises in the NPSL. Um, we'll get to the Blues in a second. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. What the hell? How what? How crazy was the first time you ever did it? Because I imagine now you got a formula. Yeah, so we've uh, we've developed the playbook as we call it, uh, but yeah, it took a while to get in there, and uh, you know we we had this uh, this I've been in the soccer management business for 27 years now. Started Major League Soccer uh, when the league began back in the early humble days, where we jokingly say, but it was pretty true that we would uh, duct tape tickets to soccer balls to get fans to want to come to games. Well, the sport has evolved and grown to the point where uh, not only is Major League Soccer obviously thriving, as we see at Audi Field and throughout the country, uh, which is packed stadiums and passionate fan bases, but uh, the lower division has now grown and evolved just like what you have all over the world. And so my very first investment into a soccer team uh, was Alfreton Town, which is a National League North team in England. And so, you know, in England, soccer is, is king. I mean, as, as we look around this, this studio, you've got uh, lots of Premier League uh, uh scarves and, and, and banners and flags. And, uh, you know, that that's what's happening in the U.S. So as the sport continues to grow and evolve, uh, there's a really interesting opportunity to build community-based clubs, just like you have all over Europe, uh, to, to, you know, really uh, basically invest and grow in the game in communities like Annapolis. And so uh, about 10 years ago, uh, we knew it was coming, uh, having been a part of the sport and knew we were about to enter this massive growth stage for soccer. And uh, so we started investing and, and, you know, we're based in Dallas, Texas. And so our, our first NPSL team was the Fort Worth Vaqueros. Uh, Vaqueros is Spanish for Cowboys, and uh, so obviously a play on, on the NFL team right down the street, the Dallas Cowboys. But <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't go through what's called Cowtown Fort Worth without uh, you know seeing someone on a horse. You know, li literally there's there's a you know hitching post where you can park your horse and go to a bar in Fort Worth. So uh, so that was our first team, and, and from then we've we've identified just great markets that uh, we, we feel we can contribute, and invest in growing the game, and do our little part to you know to provide opportunities for local players to pursue their dream of playing professional soccer opportunities for local executives and interns to you know get started with their sports management career and uh, provide opportunities for college uh, coaches and high school coaches and youth club coaches to coach at the that next pro-am level and so uh, it, it, super passionate about the game uh, love the business of the game love the impact the game has on communities uh, all over the the country now and uh, and we're investing heavily and uh, Annapolis is our most recent club speaking of that I'm pretty sure everyone wants to know why Annapolis? Like, what made you choose this city to be the next venture into your pro 
soccer uh, development? Yeah, so uh, having uh, lived in Washington, D.C., worked for D.C. United, obviously very familiar with Annapolis. And, uh, you know, when you need a break from the, the craziness that, that is our nation's capital, you, this is not a bad place to come, right? So, pretty oh, darn oh, nice. Yeah, pretty darn nice. <laughs> a- amen to that. So uh, my wife is also from Baltimore, Maryland. So, mm-hmm. you know, very familiar with, with the Maryland area. And she has relatives in Annapolis. So uh, always thought Annapolis could be a really interesting market to do this. Uh, it was just a matter of, of when. And, and hopefully uh, someone didn't beat us. To, to the proverbial punch. And so, uh, you know, it, it checked a lot of the boxes. Uh, I own a sports management company that, you know, just works in soccer. So we, we help manage and consult over 90 professional soccer leagues, teams, events, venues all over the world. And, and so, you know, for us, we do a lot of research and study. So the, the gut said Annapolis could be a really interesting market to do what we do and build this really cool community-based club. Uh, the, the data and the, the metrics supported that. And so, like anything, uh, it's crazy until it works, then it becomes visionary. So uh, it was crazy to start, now it's working, and so it's looking pretty visionary. Speaking on just having like our own home, we possibly had to have the biggest stadium in the entire NPSL. How did we make Navy Stadium become our home field, or how is that even possible, like making that process go through? Yeah, so uh, your, your home stadium is a critical part of, of building something successful like this. And so uh, when you looked at the, the different possible stadiums in, you know, in Annapolis, uh, you know, we felt this could be bigger than just playing in a high school stadium or uh, a smaller college stadium. Uh, and so we went for it. Uh, that comes with a lot of risk. I mean, it's that's not a cheap venue to open up. And, no. <laughs> and so, you know, you're, you're going in and, and rolling the dice. And at the end of the day, uh, it's either going to work or it's not going to work. But we wanted to put ourselves in the best position uh, for this club to reach its great potential that we believe it had uh, before launching it. Uh, to me, playing at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium was an important uh, sort of um, domino that needed to fall before we moved forward built a really great relationship with the Naval Academy, the leadership there. Uh, they liked our community first approach of what we we're trying to build. They loved the fact that we are going to be a team that represents everyone uh, throughout Naptown from all neighborhoods, all socioeconomic areas, neighborhoods. Uh, you know, we're going to bring everyone together to support their hometown team, the Blues, in a sport that, as we know, is extremely popular in this this area of the country. And uh, and and, and we're going to make sure it's, it's very affordable so everyone has a chance to come and support their team. So the stadium was a really critical part of this. Uh, if, if that would not have happened i don't think the blues would be where we are today you know as we head into you know the start of our inaugural season i can't tell you the number of people that i've talked to when i got my season tickets and said oh yeah season tickets how much a hundred bucks <laughs> and they're like oh okay and legitimately just pull out their phones and go all right i'm getting i'm getting tickets right now it's like, an easy sell right there it's the easiest sell <laughs> ever it really is so let's go ahead and then kind of get into the nuts and bolts of things what is the process okay you've gone this is where we want to be this is how we this we want to be in annapolis kind of get us through the process and there'll be a follow-up question as well to this but let's get us into the process of we've decided on annapolis how do we pitch this to the city? How do we pitch this to the league? What is the approval process and all of that? And then finally, hey, now there's an Annapolis Blues at sea. Who the hell do you hire to run things? Because sure. you're based out of Dallas. You're all over the place, right? Yeah, so uh, there, there's a process to uh, to secure an expansion team. So you have to submit a, a formal expansion application. Uh, that, that expansion application uh, goes in front of a expansion committee. That expansion committee is made up of fellow owners. They vet the application and uh, ultimately vote on it. So you have to go through an approval process. You present your business plan, uh, your strategy, what you're trying to build, and and you can get approved or not. Uh, we're pretty good at this and have a good you know successful track record. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we should get approved if we've got the 
the right market and the right plan. And and so uh, so this plan was for us. We didn't launch as the Annapolis Blues. So we had launched as as Annapolis Soccer Group, and that's what we were. We let the community vote on what they wanted to name their team. Mm-hmm. So we actually did a campaign last summer after we announced we're, we're bringing lower division soccer to Annapolis. Uh, had four brands, so we had four different names, four different logos. Mm-hmm. Had a grassroots marketing team that went out into the community, got votes, uh, promoted through a lot of local soccer clubs and associations. A campaign where uh, you you submitted your contact information as part of the database building part of this campaign. Uh, so you're joining the the Blues family. Uh, you vote for your favorite name, and 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 the most popular name and logo was was the one you see that that is the Annapolis Blues. So we had four options. And and for me, um, you know, I've done a number of these campaigns in the past. Uh, you, you just you stay true to the campaign. You you don't let your personal preference, you know, uh, carry any weight. If it would have been a different name, it would have been a different name. But the community wanted the Blues. Now, part of it is nice to make sense. It makes <laughs> sense. It's logical. And, and, and when we build brands, we try to build brands that are uh, relevant and connected to the community. And so, you know, you do something that, you know, uh, the, the Blues doesn't work in Lubbock, Texas. It sure works in Annapolis, Maryland, right? Absolutely. And so uh, at the end of the day, you start building cool merchandise. You start building that brand uh, with a community that's told you that's what they want. So, you know, right away, you announce Annapolis Blues. Season seats are on sale. It started clicking right away. Also, as you mentioned earlier, we put a lot of value in the season seats. I mean, a lot of value, right? So much so that if, if you're a fan and want to support something that's cool in the community, it's a no-brainer, right? Make it a no-brainer where people who can afford it will buy it. So mm-hmm. you get a $75 jersey if you bought before mm-hmm. Christmas. You get a $25 scarf. You get $100 in merchandise, plus, you know, discount on future merchandise, additional tickets to bring friends to games, uh, you know, clinics that we're going to have where or season C holders who have kids can attend the clinics, happy hours with the owners. You know, it's just a lot of really cool stuff we're going to do. And the beauty, beauty of lower division sports or minor league sports, whichever you'd prefer to call it, is you have the opportunity to do stuff like this, right? It's just do things that are really cool with cool people that uh, are good for, for growing the game and, and you have a lot of fun doing it. Very cool. Now, then the, the follow-up question, how do you start your front office staff? Who's the first hire? What kind of team of executives, quote unquote, for that franchise? What do you put in place? Yeah, so we always uh, test the market early on. So because we have a sports management company that brings a lot of services to a team like ours that m- most most don't have, uh, we also have a services company called Virtual Vice President as vice president level executives that come in and help us in launching the teams, everything from the brand development to the business development to the season seat campaigns. Uh, they, they assist us in launching it. We find out in the first you know, six months from concept to uh, announcing the brand and getting started, is this an A market, B market, C market? So the key is sustainability for lower division minor league sports teams. So build your business model around what the market support is going to be. So we are all about capital reinvestment. So th- this started early on. Uh, once again, we hadn't even hired a staff member locally. It was all done virtually. We had local uh, interns that would go out into the grassroots and do all of the marketing, but it was all managed from Dallas, Texas for the first six months. Very and cool. so everything from the social media to the marketing, to the sponsorship, all of that was done. Uh, meanwhile, we, we built up a really dynamic local ownership group of, uh, you know, the owner of Rise Up Coffee is is a part of our ownership group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just some really dynamic local, you know, sports leaders, uh, community leaders, business leaders that really believe in this. So you do have the boots on the ground that you need to help in going out and meeting with people. 
We didn't know if we were going to hire an A-level staff or a C-level staff until we knew what the market was. Well, this thing caught on right away. So right mm-hmm. away, we're like, okay, we need an A-level staff. So you hire someone like Fred Mathis, who brings 17 years, you know, Major League Soccer experience and another 20 plus years of, of working in the NBA and lower division soccer, uh, who's in this area and, and sees this as an amazing opportunity. He helped build the original supporters groups for DC United back when, you know, Major League Soccer started. Uh, and so we knew each other because of my history of working uh, for him at DC United. So we brought in, you know, an A plus general manager. Uh, we then started adding staff, you know, sales and marketing staff, grassroots mm-hmm. marketing staff, uh, great coaches, you know, which we had incredible interest from all over the region, people who wanted to be a part of it because you had some buzz for the team, right? People want to, you know, coach with, with a, in a professional organization that treats everyone really well. Uh, so there's a great culture that they can then take and try to create a great product on the field. Players all want to come play because they're, they're hearing the buzz. They see the stadium, the facilities. They want to play in front of thousands of fans. Asses in seats. They want to have people there rooting for that's them. That's it. That's it. You know, and, and these young men are all pursuing the dream of playing in Major League Soccer. That's what they mm-hmm. want, right? And this becomes a stepping stone for those players. The reality is... Uh, uh, many will, will play lower division pro soccer at a higher level here. Some will make it MLS. There's no doubt about it. We'll be talking about former Blues players that mm-hmm. are going to be playing at Audi Field someday. There's no doubt about that in other teams. Uh, and many will go play internationally, you know, lower division. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're all pursuing the dream. But the reality is... Uh, most won't make it to that next level. So what we want to provide is that professional experience at this stage of their careers, right? When they're just trying to get started. And so, you know, if we get, you know, 7,000 fans for that, you know, first, you know, game, the historic home opener on June 3rd, that's a special opportunity for these young men that they will always be able to tell their grandkids someday that I played at a high level professionally. Uh, Going along with that too, with kids that, this may be the end of the road of their professional career, but let's face it, a lot of them are, are already collegiate student athletes mm-hmm. as it is. They might find themselves in the world of athletic training or sports management or agency. Like there's a lot of opportunities and being in an organization certainly helps with that as well, I would imagine. Yeah, for, for sure. So we, we, in, we invest in the player and the person, right? So so many people who play for teams at this level aren't going to make it as a pro soccer player. That's not their future career path, but they might go into sports management. They might work in the front office. They might go into coaching, might go to athletic training. There's so many different areas that you can go into. So what we offer to our players is an opportunity to actually intern for the team. So we have players that are business majors, sports management majors that, you know, will be training, you know, in the morning. They'll then come in the office and work in the front office during the day. And on game days, obviously, they'll uh, be, be playing. So uh, so we, we provide those unique opportunities. Uh, we also view this very differently than a lot of other teams. So when we bring players in, uh, they have three jobs. So, so one, they're, they're an aspiring professional soccer player. Uh, two, they're, they're a positive role model in the community, and they need to understand that. So they're going to go out and you know do kicking and reading programs in the library, clinics with kids, go speaking in schools. Like That's just a part of the gig, is you're a positive role model, and they need to understand that. And the third is you're an ambassador for the sport, our city, when we're traveling around, you know, the region uh, for our sponsors, for our partners, for our owners. You know, you, you wear this. You, you are a representative of, of something bigger than just you and just this organization, frankly. So we bring in players that fit that culture, uh, which, which makes this for a really fun experience. So you're going to see our players all over the community. You're going to see our players signing autographs until the last fan gets an autograph on game day, taking selfies. You're going to see them doing clinics in the community, going to the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, I, my personal philosophy is uh, we are a community asset and we have a responsibility and an obligation to help make Annapolis a better place to live, work and play. Right. And that's that's part of what we're going to do as Annapolis's local soccer team.
that's something kind of funny. And then, uh, please, I'm going to your uh, the next question is something that's very unique about footy soccer in general is the badge on the heart means a lot more than the name on the back and players get it supporters get it just it's this weird kind of thing because other sports they have love they have passion but it isn't like footy the the badge means a lot i mean i had a stupid indoor soccer team drunkard united and the boys all played for the patch they loved the patch like it really meant something it's like you um hints it like all the other organizations or leagues they'll have like their just the entire organization just printed all over their chest but like right there in the heart it really means something like you submit that like you said like that passion that excitement to play for that club which is something that i'm pretty sure you're looking for within the blues itself though and then uh going back to what you mentioned about like community especially how that's like a number one priority for that well, how have you had the response for the soccer community here in Annapolis, as well as the local businesses like uh, like you mentioned for Rise Up and uh, Picante and all the other entities that helped invest with this uh, organization? Yeah, so the the response, and we're very humbled and, and honored by it, has exceeded our bullish expectations. So you know, we, we came in expecting this to be uh, successful. It's 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 blown us away, and uh, and so we we take we understand that responsibility that comes with that, and uh, but we're very honored by the support. So the local business community has been unbelievable from you know a local mom pa shop you know which is what's beautiful is they they can't probably afford sponsoring navy sports you know because that's big mm-hmm. you know big big league and they can't afford dc united but this is a way to get involved and support their hometown team uh to you know major companies you know uh, we announced giant yesterday and you know and we're gonna be announcing some really big sponsors here uh over the next couple of weeks and so it, it's been really cool to see but uh annapolis has stepped up to support this team it's it, it's blown us away and and then from the soccer community standpoint i mean um it, it's incredible incredible to see there's this spirit of um, of almost like a partnership with the soccer clubs where you don't see that everywhere in the country. Uh, in some places in the country, it's almost like they view you as competition, even though you're providing them with opportunities, you know, for, for their young players to come out and fall in love with the sport at a different level and for them to evolve and play someday for the local team. Uh, here, it's been the exact opposite. It's been from day one, uh, literally day one, just from, from Navy soccer to uh, the local youth soccer clubs to adult soccer absolutely incredible what what the support has looked like and for us you know that that will manifest itself on game day so you know we we can't wait i mean we're gonna do a preseason game on may 10th so good opportunity for us people to come out and just see what this is all about mm-hmm. uh and then you know the historic home opening will be june 3rd uh that that stadium's got a lot going on in may so between lacrosse and ncaa lacrosse and commencement and graduation i mean there's just there's a lot going so uh there's this whole little thing of like national security yeah, that they have to worry about yeah, that yeah, kind of makes yeah, it hard yeah. to get it to the stadium yeah. in May. No, we're, we're, which we appreciate, right? I mean, we're, we're just honored to be able to play there. So we'll have a number of games in June and July, and hopefully the boys make the playoffs. And great meeting with Colin earlier today. He loves the lineup that he's, you know, roster he's building. And, you know, you never know until it all comes together if it, if it works or not. You know, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with you know, camaraderie and chemistry. But, you know, we've got plans of, you know, we're going to take, you know, our team out on, on boats, you know, through our sponsor, Watermark Journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're going to go, you know, on, on Pirate Adventures with our sponsor. And, you know, we're going to do so many cool things that the players are going to have an amazing summer. Uh, they're going to love every second of it. And, uh, and and hopefully we get the results on the field. Uh, something we are going to say at nauseum and you're going to hear at nauseum is uh, Annapolis. It's a drinking town with a small sailing problem. That is something everybody always hears about us. And we certainly love an opportunity to have a beverage or two. Now, we've it's all been unicorns and rainbows so far. Feet to the fire. 
what's been obstacles? What have been tough things to try to manage with the city or getting the organization together? So uh, you, you always have challenges in, in launching a new business. I mean, it, it, the reality is uh, these teams are, are a small business. It's a small business of soccer, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, I think, don't really appreciate that. So there is a, a heck of a lot of work that's done by the front office team, our staff back in Dallas to, to get this thing to where it needs to be. Uh, the good news is uh, the challenges haven't been business development driven, which a lot of times they are. Mm -hmm. uh, hasn't been brand development. You know, the market's really responded well to, to, to that. But there are a lot of little challenges out there there that every day we've got to block tackle and get through and um you know and 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 some of those are you know just there's supply chain issues still with certain items and mm -hmm. you know um you know sometimes it takes a little while to get gear in through customs like just you got some of those little challenges that are out there but that's we we embrace them and, and we just block tackle and, and move on and you know we, we have a lot of fun doing this and we appreciate the fact that this is soccer, right? I mean, we're not saving the manatees. We're not, mm -hmm. you know, we're not curing cancer. This, this is, this is fun. So our, our problems are nothing. That's why I don't complain about the problems because it literally is nothing compared to the real world. Yeah. Uh, something that I think the general consumer of sports tends to overlook and particularly at this level is you're a business. You do need to actually be profitable. If you're not profitable you're not gonna have a business so i think sometimes everybody's always like here give me tickets here hey me this handout like and it kind of overlooked the fact that uh, uh, i mean we do need to actually make money in this uh this venture that, well, well said yeah <laughs> yeah it is i might of, put you in our advertising campaign by the way it's, it's very powerful yeah. just just my big bold dumb self going well we're in business we need to make money <laughs> Annapolis I mean, Blues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> but uh, speaking of like just uh, dealing with those other obstacles and everything and then just making sure like you're making it profitable and everything. As far as uh, long term, making this a permanent fixture in Annapolis, like what is your exact long term vision for this club? Yeah, so uh, you you ne so year one's always the foundation building year. Uh, so I, I always say you, you don't know what the house is going to look like until you have a solid foundation. So we're very cognizant of the fact we've got to get year one right. We've got to establish that foundation. Uh, is this going to be a big old beautiful McMansion or is this going to be a, a little bungalow? I I tend to think it's going to be something pretty big and special for the community. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, until you're kicking a ball and, and we're in that stadium, we don't know, right? So all early signs, super positive, very encouraging. You know, no yellow flags yet, uh, but, you know, we're, you know, we, we also have to be just, you know, humble, hungry and hardworking and appreciate the fact that we haven't kicked a ball yet. So let's let's kick a ball and get through this first year. And then I think we'll know this is where, you know, the vision can go. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we always enter this, you know, expecting to do really special things. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I've been doing this long enough until you kick a ball. You just don't know. So you're saying that we're going to the Open Cup and winning there? Are saying that? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're going to beat DC United at uh, Navy Marine Corps Memorial there Stadium. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, my co-host on the uh, DU football show, his brother actually plays for uh, Christos, and the okay. year that Christos made it into the round where you're actually playing one of the big boys, they played DC United. That's right. Uh, they hung with them for a little while. And it's kind of like if, you know, you like tournaments like the FA Cup. Right. There's David does beat Goliath from time to time. It does happen. And I remember his um, his brother said he'd gotten subbed in and he goes, Lorenzo Sam got subbed in and he was in front of me. He had mm -hmm. the ball at his foot 
And then I turned around and he was 10 yards behind me. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's in front of me and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a different level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very funny. But that's it. Blues are winning it. We got this. Oh, we're going to the ship. We already kept... <laughs> now, uh, let's take a look at the league as a whole, because there's some very interesting things that are going on with the NPSL. I know that there's been a large campaign for developing the uh, women's game as well and starting to kind of build more of a tiered system. Uh, what do you see the NPSL doing between both the men and the women's uh, game over the, say, like the next five to ten years? Yeah, I think it's it's fair to say, and very few would argue against the fact we're entering the biggest growth stage in the history of U.S. soccer. So you know, the 2026 World Cup is coming. Unfortunately, not to this area, but you know, it's it's uh, it's Ooh. coming, and that will be the biggest sporting event in the history of the world. So uh, so knowing that, and and knowing uh, the blue sky in front of us leading up to 2026, uh, you're going to see more investment in soccer than you've ever seen, and that's going to be on the men's and women's side both. Uh, so the NPSL as a league is uh, set up as a nonprofit. So the league itself, not the teams but mm -hmm. the league is a 501c6 uh run and operated by the members who are the owners so the owners have an opportunity to be a part of developing the strategy for the future of the league uh, the league's around 100 teams all over the country you know i think in the last uh two years or two seasons i want to say it's 40 something players have been signed by major league soccer from mm -hmm. from our league so we're doing a nice job developing okay. players uh, a lot of coaches have moved up to the higher level from mpsl a lot of executives have moved up to the higher level and so the league is doing a nice job of developing and, and also also growing the sport in communities like Annapolis all over the country. And so I think we got to stay focused on the day to day and what we're doing and then strategically identifying opportunities for, for this, you know, for the future of the of the league. And so uh, the league's at a very good place, very healthy. Uh, Christos plays in USL2, which is our mm -hmm. equivalent, just a different uh, league with a different model. Uh, they used to play in, in MPSL. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a league uh, team in MPSL in USL2, you know, have always done a great job on the field. <laughs> you know, a little bit of a different approach than us off the field, you know, where we're, right. you know, we're really investing big money in it. They're, they're a little bit more of just a very talented team that, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're not going to get 7,000 fans at a game. That's not their model, uh, but doing great things to grow the game and pro provide opportunities. So of course, I think the beautiful thing is you can be all of this, right. And it's all good for growing the game. And, and so, um, so, so we're excited about what we're doing here. I think the league, you're going to see some really exciting announcements from the league in the next, you know, six months to, to a year. Uh, and then once again, where it goes, time will tell, but, uh, the game's grown right now. So we're excited to be a part of it. Awesome. And then as far as like the games itself, um, whenever they're happening here, obviously there are going to be some fans who aren't able to make it. Like we even got fans over in Brooklyn, New York, trying to, uh, wear some blues scarves and everything like that uh in terms of those who aren't able to make the games like what is the best uh plan for you to see as far as like uh them to see the game online yeah so we will uh the home the way it works in the mpsl the home team is responsible for the broadcast mm -hmm. uh so we will be uh digital broadcasting all of our games uh we'll be making those announcements you know with who our partner is going to be and, and where we're going to uh, broadcast those so all home games we're responsible for broadcasting when the blues are on the road the home team's responsible for broadcasting but uh, if you're local we're going to be doing viewing parties where fans can get together on you know away days and you know so, some of the teams are close by so i'm sure we'll have fans that will travel which you know will be pretty special for the players but you know our, our home games are going to be a, a party so right. you know it, it's it's all about the tailgate scene it's all about the you know um you know ford brewing is a sponsor and they're creating a branded beer for us which is going to be released here soon which is pretty 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 amazing um but it, it's just going to be a great time right so affordable quality entertainment bring your friends bring your family and 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 let's go you know well the good part you don't know this about the overall uh du public house group we have a philosophy 
Um, we are way too sober right now. Normally, there's a drink <laughs> in our hand whenever doing shows. So the uh, the with with forward once the beers develop, that will be getting drunk while we're doing the show. That's an sounds, absolute sounds like a winner to me. <laughs> and, and I may or may not know a guy who works in the whiskey industry, and uh, I'm definitely not pointing at myself. So there might be some whiskey as well. Uh, the <clears throat> now you mentioned with the games that you'll be handling as the home team will you have um be able to communicate over social media threads for the away games like where we can find those channels because i'm going to try to make most of them i ain't coming to greenville yeah i'm, I'm yeah. not making that shot <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. one's not happening i'm i might be doing virginia beach but i'm not doing Greenville. yeah fair, fair enough <laughs> uh, yeah well, well i mean we're pretty active on social media and mm -hmm. you know we'll just be getting more active even leading up to the start of the season and during the season so all that information links all that will be easy to find at you know all the annapolis blues platforms okay perfect well then that leads us right into the next thing i mean we do all this wonderful talking where the hell do people get tickets how do they get merchandise tell plug away let people know yeah yeah thank you so annapolisblues.com is our website uh we're selling you know tons of merch on there to fans all over the country which has been really cool to see uh we've got uh, season seats still on sale you no longer get the free jersey but you do get the free scarf still and all the other really cool benefits so um so yeah we we definitely encourage fans go check it out uh individual tickets will will be on sale um you know leading up to the start of the season uh group tickets will be on sale we've got some really cool game day fans and experience things that uh, we'll be announcing where kids can walk out holding the hands of the, the players in front of thousands of fans, halftime opportunities for kids to play on the field. Uh, you know, so we got dream team, ball kids, you know, just cool stuff that just, it, it just makes it for a unique, you know, game day experience. And then that tailgate party scene is going to be, it's going to be special. Yeah. And, uh, and we were, you know, recently at the DC United game and uh, meeting with a lot of, I was surprised how many fans we met blues fans there uh, and season seat holders who, all of them, you know, because I love, you know, you know, sort of the think and drink strategy focus group, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, you know, having a beer and just asking people, why, why are you a Blues fan? You know, what are you excited about? Uh, tailgating is a big part of it. You know, DC United had a, a really special tailgate scene at RFK. When they moved to Audi Field, they, they lost that, right? Yeah. Now, can't blame them. It's just the setup of where the stadium is and what's around them. But the, the, the fans specifically we're saying they can't wait for the tailgate parties at uh, navy marine corps memorial stadium so it's gonna be big time yeah I'm, I'm not sure if we drove this home enough already uh we really enjoy a beverage and <laughs> an excuse to have a beverage in annapolis it's yep. like it's our thing so well, yeah expect to see numbers for the uh, tailgates that's for damn sure also i may or may not might be telling people at dc to come to annapolis so <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> yeah, i love it but love before it. we go uh if there's anything you want to promote or get out to annapolis blues fc community uh, get them notice about what's coming up or anything in general to the local Annapolis community? Yeah, I would just stay tuned. We got a lot of big announcements. So there's, there's gonna be a lot of buzz and momentum that we're gonna be creating heading into the start of the season. Uh, this week, we'll be announcing our preseason opponent. Uh, that preseason game every year is gonna be a community shield. So it's gonna be a, a fundraiser for a local charity. Uh, every year we'll change the charity, but it'll be something that's local and Annapolis centric and uh, excited to announce those details as well. Uh, so every year we'll have a preseason game against a high level opponent uh, that's not in our conference. So it's not an NPS 
USL game, uh, but you know, a pro team or a, you know, a high level, you know, semi pro mm-hmm. team that, you know, maybe in the future it is Christos, right? That yeah. would be a, a heck of a game. And, and Fabulous. so but we're raising money for a local charity as part of that. And then, you know, every year we're going to have to hit the road. If we're playing at Navy Marine Corps Memorial stadium in May, just cause the stadium availability, that's not going to mm-hmm. change. And we respect that. And then we will come back in early June and kick this thing off officially. And I, I think you're going to see so much momentum and buzz for the team that, um, you know, we, we were just there at the stadium meeting with the, the Naval Academy and just going through all the final details. And, you know, you, you, you can almost already hear it, you, you know, in the stadium, like it's such a special place that, uh, you know, you get chills when you walk through there and I'm already seeing the stands full of, you know, 2,500 fans wearing the Jersey and everyone else wearing the blues gear that they picked up that day. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be pretty special. So thank you guys for the support and everything you're doing to promote the, the game and, and the blues. And, uh, we can't wait to get started. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. And also, everybody listening, thank you for joining us on our debut show. Uh, be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Naptown Blues Pod and the Annapolis Blues for the club as well. Till next week, everybody. Up the Blues!